0: Be following Willie more and more. Oh! That in the NRL. There's Willie Matt. Must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got
1: skill, son! Uppercut right hand by Big right. Willie.
0: This week we were lucky enough to talk with champion athlete and champion bloke, John Stephenson, who is a good mate of yes, Willie Mason's. he's one of mine, mate. Um, how long do you reckon we talk for then? About 45 minutes, I think. All right.
1: So, so it's got to go by itself, you
0: reckon. So I reckon we will put this out as a special. It'll come out on Monday. We are very, very lucky, thanks to Willie's Black Book, to have all yeah. these amazing people on. We're enjoying doing it, and we hope you enjoy listening to all it. Right.
1: Cheers, guys. Enjoy. Uh, we've got John Stepherson here, good friend of mine, over ten ten year relationship here, man. What's going on,
2: <laughs> Willie Mason? How you
1: doing? Brother? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I've been just telling all the boys here, the production team, and my mate Burnsy about um about a couple of little stories that you told me about uh, the you know what happens in the Olympic Games and all that kind of stuff. But that's not for our sort of show. But if you want to tell it later, <laughs> you can if you want. Um, but uh that's the
2: Willie Mason Burnsy after dark. Yeah, right?
1: that's the after dark. That's the after dark stuff. <laughs> I was going to get into a couple of things straight away, man. Like you're 38 years old this year. Like your Olympic Games 2004. Shut up. Did you make it oh, sound sorry. so crazy. Yeah, but like, hey, you're South African. You, hey, you, you look, you look all right. You're a black brother. that's good, man. <laughs> Olympic Games 2004. Yeah. Uh, Commonwealth Games 2006. World Champs 2009. But it's not like you just turned up like an idiot, like you got four by four, got <laughs> the silver, and then you got like the gold medals in Melbourne, you kicked ass, like individual gold in yeah. Melbourne, like 400. That's why we always joke around, because we're boys, but fuck yeah. me, I was just reading for all your shit, and I'm like, damn, he should go down as one of Australia's best track and field athletes, man. <laughs> you know, like what, yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, we can get into, we'll get into that later about your mindset and everything, but that mm-hmm. when you sit back right now, and you're in your house, and, and you're just looking at you're looking at your achievements Like, what what do you look at and go fuck that was that was that's that's a highlight that's a highlight
3: Uh, uh.
2: man it's crazy we like you only you only understand like i guess knowing each other right we've always talked about that we're bigger we're more than just our sport yes and we're, we're very blessed to be able to be celebrated for what we did in our sport but to be you, there's people actually doing really heroic things out there in the world. And you and I, we joke around about it, but we we, we know how our parents, um, what they did to get us to where we are today and what other people are going through. We are the celebrated for something that we've, we were good at, which is our sport, right? Yeah. And, and in this country, we really get around that. Um, so for myself, man, I never even thought I'd make one Olympics, let alone win a medal, right? And um, I'm truly blessed to be able to look back and – to be able to really get the best out of myself and not only represent my country, but represent myself at the highest level and know that that has put me in a great position to anything I do post my athletic career because it's given me great confidence to do whatever I want to do, right? So, I mean, it's hearing you talk like that, it's humbling, man, because um, a lot of people, we're not a very educated community in athletics in this country. It's NRL, AFL, now A-League, and definitely cricket. So a lot of people just you know, over the time they just saw what they saw in the media for myself. And I was quite vocal on how, um, our sport was run and, but never really gave me my just use on what I was really going out there to achieve and what I really was putting into the sport for my country. So a lot of the times I I just, I got to a point where I was like, fuck them and fuck what they think. I'm just going to get what I can for me and whatever's going to be is going to be. And, um, and now when I sit back and look back, I get to. I'm on the, I was on the board of the same federation that banned me. I now consulted the same federation. I was able to create Nitro Athletics, which reached 1.3 million viewers in night one. Um, and on top of that, like I'm still able to have be on a podcast, which I never thought. 15 years ago i'd be able to talk about what i've done in my running and my running career but if you look back there's not one sprinter in australia's history that has most most major medals as i do in the history of this country but they'll never talk about that because it's just not that exciting because i didn't win the gold medal i respect that that i didn't win the gold medal at olympic games but i fucking bust my ass trying to i tell you that and i know i did mm. it clean that's
1: for sure. Yep
0: mate you've virtually just covered about six of my questions in your opening monologue there I'm gonna to have to rethink things just just Scrap one it, bro
1: just go free ball what
0: one thing i like just looking back on what you've just said there talking about you know I guess being aware that you were more than your sport when you were competing did you did you struggle with leaving athletics at the end or did you have that mindset that you were more than just being an athlete and found it easier to transition? Because it's not an easy thing to do coming from sport into, I guess, the real world.
2: That's a good question, Burns. Yeah, um it, it hurts anybody. Anybody that says to you that that was my life. And if you're a professional athlete, you make it your life, right? So. Um, it's always hard to walk away for something that not only you did for a living, um, you did for the love of it, and then also you were bloody good at it, you know, and that's that's what you studied. So um but I knew when it was the end, Bernsey man, I knew I knew I wasn't that good anymore. Like I knew when I rocked up to the line I was happy with third place and I I was never like that, you know. Willie knows me like yeah. Like, I'm a cocky little motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, so it's like I always reach for the stars, man, because, like, I believe you get off the ground. So for me, it's, 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 it's just the way I'm well, hardwired. And, and when I started going to races and I just was, like, kind of accepting the fact that, oh, yeah, and I was taking a bit of shortcuts for training and stuff like that, I knew I had to stop. And that was in 2014. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Glasgow for the Commonwealth Games, my last major comp. So anyway, you and I, we be, over time we became good friends. And um and he was competing in Glasgow, but he took the year off, so he's just running the relay. So, Anyway, we came, we were talking that night before, and I was like, "Yeah, man, you know, what I'm saying like I'm hoping I can go out there and run, run good." I so was I ran shit all around Europe. I was. just closing the door everywhere I went I last in Linz last in Italy I was just coming last everywhere so I trained really hard for 8 weeks thought okay I at least want to embarrass myself long story short we ran well became like 5th and I remember walking off the track and I just heard someone scream across the wide track John! I was like and I looked and I was calling and I was like John! and I turned and he goes
3: you suck. <laughs> and, and that's the way it was he me. my career, man.
2: <laughs> the, the fast man in the world telling me I suck. And that was it. So I knew, I knew, um, I knew that I knew that was my last race. I think he was trying to lighten the moment because I was pretty emotional because that was an end of an era for me, and I knew I wasn't good enough anymore. And um, I was able to leave my career, like Lisa, at a major champs, and then I was really blessed, man, because the year before. I got to do uh, Celebrity Apprentice because I got banned. And that really catapulted me into um, getting a little of my demographic reach changed. Bernsey to answer your question, I was blessed yeah, I yeah. had that, which then put me onto wide order sports um, post Celebrity Apprentice and then allowed me to do some TV stuff. Otherwise, I reckon I would have been forgotten or remembered as that loudmouth kid that told everybody to get fucked, to be honest with you. But I was able to have the medium of Channel 9 and Apprentice and which is sad, really, but I was able to have that medium to actually be able to show a different side of who I was, and that was athletic John, and this is this is like John Stephenson, if that makes sort of
1: yeah, sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's line the clock back. Just say when John Stephenson was, you know, maybe 15, 16 years old, growing up in Perth, South African mm. parents, immigrants. You know, you're Australian-born. You know, growing up over over in Perth trying to get it, you know, maybe AFL, there's other sports here, there's not, not rugby league. How did you get into athletics? And when you got into athletics – What drove you so much to get to the top? Look, like we ain't talking. I'm not talking to a person who was like, you know, New South Wales champ, Perth champ, whatever. Like, you got to the Olympic Games, you know, Commonwealth Games, World Championship Games. Like, the 16 year old John Stephenson. What was his mindset at that time? Did he want to? Did he want to play AFL? Did he want to? Or did he want to win a gold medal in the 400, which is the hardest? Fucking thing you can run. You chose that. (laughs) We always talk about it. Holy, really, man. Yeah. By the way, but like, just as that sixteen-year-old John Stephenson thinking, like, what? What were you thinking? What was your mindset? What were you focused on?
2: Big man, I wasn't into. I wasn't into athletics. I thought it was the girliest sport one could do. Man, like, I was like, I remember I got tickets. To Sydney Olympics to watch the like the athletics. My cousin gave it to me and I was like, Who the hell watches athletics, man? That's the most corniest thing one could watch. I was promised. So you're you like 17.
1: So you're 17 at this time, so you don't even care I'm about 17?
2: athletics. I'm 17. Wow, I'm, okay. I'm not even yeah. I'm watching boxing. I go to the boxing semi finals and finals at Sydney Exhibition Center and I Convention Center in Darling Harbour. And I watch all the boxing, man. That was my love, it was fighting because I started okay. boxing as a kid from when I was 12. And but I still, again, it was – there were grandiose ideas, right, of becoming a, a, a sportsman. But I remember watching Danny Green fight. He fought a, a Russian by the name of Alexander Levziak, and it was to a packed Sydney convention center. And I remember watching the parochial Australian crowd, and I was like, wow, I need some of this. If I can get this somehow in professional sport, this is just the business. Like the, the place – I mean it was it was nuts. I got, I got shivers. I ended up watching the crowd, not the fight. Danny Green ends up losing, and it was still epic, right? And I remember that I, that, that was a poignant in time in my life where I was like, I'd I love to be a professional athlete. Did I have the vehicles to become? No. Was I playing like like elite sport? No. I, I made state team for boxing, but I had no one guiding me or pathways telling me this is how you become or lineage in my family that said, okay, this is how you become a champion athlete. So it was just really a wish and a prayer. And I then went on to normal kid shit, you know. Finished my HSC, try to be a personal trainer, and did all that. And um, I remember I got my ass whipped when I was 19 in boxing, boxing fight. I didn't train. I was drinking, trying to chase girls, and I got my ass whipped. And um, I remember my dad just shaking his head at me and looking at me like, "Like, man, you're like, you're embarrassing." You know what I mean? Like, he, my dad was pretty hard on me, and. And I remember just thinking, shit, and then I just I just had a moment. I was in my backyard, and I just was like I was 20 at this time. And I just had a moment, and I thought I, I met this girl, and I really liked it, she did athletics. So I went to go watch her, and I just remember thinking, shit, man, I wonder if I can beat these cats. And I just went down and ran barefoot, and I came <laughs> forth, and I was like
1: <laughs> – I was like – Did you not know like, you could run or what? You figured I it out at 20? move,
2: brother, but we all think we can yeah. move until you actually put yourself in okay. that position, yeah? Everyone thinks they play rugby, Willie, until yeah. they meet you, right? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, you know so, so it's like, I was thinking the same thing. And then I came forth and I remember thinking these guys were the Institute of Sport, like West Australian of Sport. I'm thinking, shit, man, like, I don't even train. And I just was on their ass. I'm awesome thinking, I wonder if so. And then I went back, read some books, and I trained in the park for six weeks. And then I ended up, like just beating two of them and one of the guys beat me and then i ended up making like the national like to go to nationals australian championships yeah and i came i came ninth there and then i, I got into waste and i got like a four grand check and a t-shirt and i was wrapped i was like oh that's what's up
3: <laughs> and then
2: and then i was like um i just oh fuck i wonder if i train with the best in australia if i'll be the best in australia so then i went and flew to sydney slipped on his couch and then I was traveling two and a half hours to Narrabeen from fucking Bexley every day, right? Catching trains and shit to Narrabeen. Do you know exactly what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is train. a lot. A lot. And it's back a then, of the, the, the transport was goofy, bro. So <laughs> I was going all the way out there.
1: And your bus, too, was, to Narrabeen?
2: It was five hours a day of travel, bro. <laughs> and I was going there training and with Michael Camel and Matt Shervington and them cats. And. Um, and then boom, I made the Australian team in 12 months, and that's only 12 months of running, so now when I got to world championships, I saw the best in the world was Maurice Green and John Smith, so I went and go talk to him and said, hey, look, I want to be the best in the world, I practically begged him, and eventually he took me, and then I moved to America and slept in a car for a little bit in America, did all that, and then, yeah, tried to become the best in the world, and then uh, like 18 months later, I was a top eight in the world, and then I think 22 months later I was number one in the Commonwealth wow. and, if- and I never ran before. I never did I never did juniors, nothing like that. I just played sport, ran in school and boxed. That was kind of my thing.
0: The funny thing is I think in my experience, especially when I was younger, the only people that really want to be athletes are athletes. Like kids don't dream about being athletes. They dream about being footballers or cricketers or whatever it might be. And the pathway to being the best in the world as an athlete is such a difficult one. There's not, you know, there's not the adulation. There's not the money. There's, no. you know, one week every two years during Commonwealth Games and, and, and Olympic Games, you become the focus of everyone's attention. But what's it like in those, in those times in between? So when you're not competing in a major competition, how do you get yourself up for the training when there's not the, I guess, that, that sort of adulation around you the whole time?
2: But yeah, Burnsy, that's a good question. I, you're, you're right. Yeah, but I don't know. I never needed motivation, man. I just grew up with nothing, brother. So, I kind of was instilled with boxing. I after got my ass whipped, I swore I was never going to go through that experience again. And then running's easy, man. You lose, you just walk off the track. Like boxing, is lose. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's that all, that. totally different. <laughs> it's all. Bad, I get it. You know I get that mindset. So, so like, so running, I was like, shit. I'm, like, and at the time, brother, like. I was I was like I believe it, you make your own luck. I'm a big believer of that, but I also believe I was really blessed because like my timing was impeccable, man. Like like going from world champs into having the best coach in the world, into being around the best athletes in the world, training them every day. I became very Americanized in my mindset, ended up living there for ten years. Um, and my mindset was really optimistic and I really didn't take shit or listen to anybody that was negative and I really we really live in a very pessimistic country when it comes to our mm. goals and what we believe in and people are very quick to give you 10 reasons how you can't achieve something rather than 10 reasons how you can achieve it. Yeah. So I, I needed to be around that and that really helped me sort of reach things that other Aussie sprinters weren't doing at the time because they just didn't believe that they could. I was around the best in the world telling me, Jay, if you keep projecting like this, you're gonna be good, man. Like you just need to keep busting your ass, believing yourself, and you're gonna be what it's gonna be. But I never need a motivation, Bernie, man. I just I just had hate in my heart, brother. Like I was I was <laughs> just like, I'm gonna prove everybody that this is possible and I just never thought anybody was better than me.
0: Mate, what, just, why? Why? If you were that good an athlete that you could pick up in twelve months and become as good as you were, why would you pick the four hundred? It's the pits, oh, <laughs> oh, man, brother. I, makes me I, sick. I, I
2: told you, you're fucked up. What do you want me to say, brother?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're basically you, you're basically sprinting the whole way, aren't you? I mean, there's tactics in the. Man, it's, what, it's, what are the it's, tactics it's, in a race? Well, you just go as
1: I'll hard give as you, you can. Some
2: splits, right? The yeah. Was, all, sorry, running.
1: sorry, John. All I was going to ask before was like. Tell me and tell everybody what you used to do and what you did to train. Like for four hundreds, you were speeding, oh, You're doing six hundreds, do four hundreds. You were doing two hundreds yeah. as well. So we had the same sort of question lined up, but like, please tell everyone because it makes me sick yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> so just just elaborate <laughs> well, you're and doing go. A
2: sprint training at the moment, man. You're doing yeah. damn good at it, Willie. And I was I was always impressed, Burns. and I'm not I'm not not blowing smoke up my brother's backside, but but Willie for a big guy man he revolutionized the game with his speed and power and i guess his his mental capability to understand things and this has been when I, we first met through a good friend jeff Fennick, years ago and just having like one conversation Willie, really, you understand his intelligence not only in rugby league but in sport and and he just has a different way of putting it across and i think the dumb people only see the way he's saying things not listening to what he's saying and and to answer your question you know how hard it is, Will, to yeah. train with the running. And it's quite boring and it's quite lonely out there. And Bernsie, I don't know how much sprinting you've done in your life. But it, it is it is like a typical day would sort of look like in, in say, winter. would yep. look like I'd wake up in the morning um, towards the last six years of my career out of physio living me. So I wake up in the morning, I get physio on my back and physio on my body. So I just make sure I had mobility through my hips and my feet. And then I'd get to training. Um, I get... Another 15 minutes of physio again. Uh, then warm up, which would which consist of warm up, take about an hour. So it consists of a 3K run. Um, and then after the 3K, I'd stretch and I'd do a series of drills. So A skips, B skips, high knees, butt kicks, side to sides. Um, then I'd get a little bit more physio. Then I'd run a 600, a 300, a 100, and 100. That'll be my warm up. And then post my warm up, <laughs> I uh, then uh, then take around about five minutes. I then put on like a lighter pair of shoes, and I end up doing my my workout. And sometimes my workout would be like twelve two hundred with thirty seconds rest and running them all in say twenty five seconds and ending the last one in around twenty one seconds or twenty two oh. seconds in flats. And we just and I run them off thirty seconds or thirty five seconds. But that's towards the back end of fall or winter training. Um, but then the beauty of sprinting is when you get towards Olympic Games, it really. Lowers down. So you're starting to go for one off maximum effort. So a workout, say right before Olympic Games, will look like um, a 60, three minutes, an 80. 10 minutes and all out 300 and you run a 60, say in six, two. you run an 80 and say eight, one, and then you'd run a, a 300 in say 31, eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you'd be moving, but you're just practicing now executing into the curve, off the curve, what your mechanics looks like around the curve, finding the straight lines in the curve, getting up, getting good hit clearance, getting good foot clearance through the back stretch. Um, There's this sort of practicing everything you want to do sort of in a race. And um, and to give you to answer, your question bernsy that's So that's what a workout, and that's not, so through a day after you have done the workout, Willie, we'd then go home, I'd then sleep, have a meal, then get some more physio, then head to the gym and do an hour and a half in the gym. So it'd be a whole, a whole bunch of plyometrics, weightlifting, Olympic lifting type exercises. And then from there, would come back home. I'd then eat some more food, get some more physio, have a little bit of a rest. And around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'd then hit the road and run about half an hour on the road and have somebody follow me. And then I'd get home, have a little bit more physio on my back, a little bit of have an ice bath or jump in a hyperbaric chamber, which I had in my house. And then I'd go to sleep and wake up and do it all again the next day
0: you just made me feel sick. Yeah. Yeah, is, but I it just
2: I just I it's chose crazy, But boys, bro. we'll talk about a topic which no one's talking. I didn't do drugs. So I had to do all of that to make up for where I wasn't I couldn't just do the pure Russian based style of training. So I was doing a lot of long runs and doing hyperbaric and doing all those things to raise my and my and my red blood cell ability to to transport oxygen so I could because you need that in, in the in the four hundred because it's it's sort of there's still a big Sort of endurance factor in a quarter in, in a quarter mile. Did, not did you know? Sprint.
0: Did you know the blokes that were juicing at the time? I mean, was that was that well known amongst?
2: Uh, you're not stupid, are you? you can like Willie will tell you the same thing in rugby. You, yeah. you, 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 you can't. I don't like accusing no one, Burns because that's not my. No, style, no, of course not. They, yeah, without you
0: giving specific right? examples, yeah.
2: Unless I know 100, I'm gonna let. I'll tell you their names if I know 100. percent um, but I, I, I could only speculate and I'm not a fool because
1: their I know body right, I'm shape, you, their times. That's yeah, it. Yeah,
2: Like I, I'd go to Monaco and race in Monaco and, and I'd whoop their ass by over a second half and we'd meet up at world champ six weeks later and they pump me by a second. Now, how the yeah, fuck yeah. did you find two seconds in six weeks? Mm. That took me nine months. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, just stuff like that, which would have me puzzled a little bit, but, but look, it's in every sport. I never, I never got jaded by it. I didn't really, I didn't really, um. I didn't really worry. I still thought I was beating everybody but in the world. I at least, at least beat everybody once in the world that was doing well. I thought it was better than me, so I felt well. i just got to get it right on the day. And when I won Commonwealth, I got it right on that day for a championship. I thought, well, if I could do it at Commonwealth, I can do it at Worlds. But it just never eventuated for me.
1: It's um, it's a bit crazy, but like your sport in particular, I know, like in NRL, like there's, there's rumours about some people. When you, and you and I'm exactly like you. I would never throw anyone under the bus unless I 100 knew it was them. I would say it right now. But, like, athletics, it's, you know, you have a look at that 100-meter final, the 200-meter final, everything like that, you know everybody's sort of semi-juicing. You know what I mean? It's like it'd be hard for an athlete like you who was clean your whole career to then roll up at the 400-meter at the final knowing there's, a, you know, six or seven of these dudes that have, have been cheating, you know. Like the most, and I think that's why you're so respected in your sport. Because because of that factor, I know a lot of I, know, I speak to a lot of young athletes who are in Australia. A lot of um, young women that are Olympic athletes and young guys. They're like, yeah, man, Johnny Steph's a man because of what you did during the two thousands. Because I was speaking to the guys before, me mean you had like a parallel career? You're an athlete, and then I was uh, a rugby league player. But all we these two dudes that we just said whatever 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 was in, not in our head, but we're we'll speaking the truth at that time, but people just didn't want to fucking hear that shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's, and, it's a bit different. We're unlucky, man. And we was, were talking
2: about this other day. We didn't have the yeah. media. We So I, I was just saying, have. social
1: media. How important? Yeah. This is my whole point. Social media. It's it's a, it's you know it's it's good and it's bad. But just saying, the two thousands when you were just getting you were just getting taken out of context. So was I. It was like, and and we, we take accountability for whatever we said, but we believe in what we say. But like. Imagine if you had platforms like this. If you try and get me, if you try and get me on anything at the moment now, I'll fuck you up with a podcast. Or I'll put you on or Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> I don't care. But back then, it was like we're going to get you on the Telegraph, the Herald, Channel Nine, Channel Seven, everyone, and they'll get you, and you had to sit back and just wear it. How did Man, you? Man, I can't
2: tell you. I can't tell you how many journalists I told you to get fucked by them my career. And and I uh, look, I I don't advise any young kid to to take the path that I took. It's just what I believed in, brother. And and, and, you know, for me, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was. I'd pick up the paper and read stuff about myself and hate myself, brother. I'd be like, this guy's a cockhead, you know. So I don't blame anybody (laughs) else. I don't blame anybody else thinking that, you know. Like, and so I didn't help myself at times too, but it was my truth, you know. It it it, was it was it was what. Uh, like and a lot of the times they're taking out sound bites or grabs. That's what I'm saying. It's all um,
1: clickbait and shit. Like that's what I'm yeah, saying. Now, off, off right off off now, you're on this interview. podcast, just like listen to the fucking podcast, and you will hear yeah. what I said. But no, when I you're mean, talking to the Telegraph, blessed. they're going to take out clickbait and go, "All right, this is it." And all people do is they read headlines. They don't give a shit about the fine print. So yeah, it was just yep. it was just um, that it was, I, it was just made, that time, I made wasn't the it?
2: The Telegraph made Fairfax and. And News Corp a lot of money, brother. i tell you <laughs> yeah, that. So I'm sure you did too. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, look, you, you listen, man, we're strong enough to deal with it. And I, I got over it. I mean, I yeah, was confident in myself and, and, and moved on um, with my life. And yeah, I had to. Where people talking shit, but at the same time, man, I, I was blessed. I had a lot of sponsors that believed in me yeah. and and didn't care because they knew who I was as a person. And I looked at the end of the day, that all that mattered is what, what my family thought. What my cl- what look when people close around me started checking me, then I'd pull up. You know what yeah. I mean? But but I very seldom have people close to me um, who I confide in tell me that I'm yeah. bang out of order. You know what I'm saying? So um, I was I was pretty. But I mean, these young blokes these days—they're blessed. I mean, they've got all the forums and mediums now to really get their messaging out there, and it's—it's it's important that they get educated around that, and um, and and use to their best ability to, to give the younger kids that are coming through the opportunity to um, to not have to go through what we went through, to be able to tell the truth, get a true story out there, um, and you know, and 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 potentially get the best out of themselves, brother.
1: Yeah, so talking about young kids at the moment, the Olympic Games has just been canned. Um, you got these young kids, the young young athletes. You've been in that position before, the whole build-up to the Olympic Games. People just think that you just rock up and you're an athlete and then you wake up and you've got the Olympic Games. It's the build-up. It's the Com Games. It's the World Champs. It's all these other little athletics uh, championships that you go to mm-hmm. to build to an Olympic Games. Like – what are these mm-hmm. kids going through at the moment and do you have anything to do with like I mean athletic? I know that you have a collaborations with uh, Nitro Athletics with uh, Athletics Australia like do you have mm. any sort of way where you can reach out to these young kids and sort of try and keep them on the straight and narrow because they can re- they could easily go off off task can't they so what what they what would they be going through right now Yeah it would be difficult man
2: because you know as an athlete I don't know if you were the same in in football or in a team sport but you're you're goal driven yeah you're you're driven by you're driven by the champions you're driven by the grand final you're driven by finals you're driven by origin you know so You know, you're, you're, these these kids are the same, man. They, they planned four years. They went to Commonwealth Games the year before. They went to World Championships last year. And then they've gone, okay, well, now I'm going to hit my straps come Olympics. So mm. a lot of them will be in limbo trying to figure it out. I, at, the, at this present time, I, I stepped off the board and I consulted the Federation for their high performance department. So more on a consultancy mentoring basis. And, um, and, and externally, I do it privately, which I don't really like to talk too much yep. about because that's that's Literally. sort of the private. Yeah, you know, that's that's sort of yep. I like to keep their business to themselves. And they got coaches and mums and dads, and some feel uncomfortable, you know, reaching out. A lot of us just a lot of it, a lot of us don't even to do with the technical side of running, it's just got to do with the professionalism of sport. You know, similar to a lot of conversations you and I had when, when you were competing and, and and I was running, you know. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, for for a lot of them, for a lot of them. For a lot of them, for older athletes, it's going to be really difficult because
1: it's their last chance. Correct.
2: And not only that, though, like they're on borrowed time when you're in September, your career, right? You know, you know how many games you got left in you, you know, how many runs you got left in you. So that that becomes really hard on on which bullet do I shoot when. When you're young, it just, for them, they're going to have to just wait and be patient. (laughs) But Mm. But it's just another year and patience kills you when you're younger, you don't have any patience. When you're older you get a bit more patience, but you're on borrowed time because your body needs to hold up for another nine months, right? Yeah. So this is this is the balancing act between two different, you know, styles of athletes, which you have, you know, your proven champions that are a lot, always a lot more older and then you've got younger athletes that are nipping at the heels, they have to requalify, um, get in the back in the headspace that you know, where they're getting ready for a world championships this year and they've got to they got to get ready for Olympic games, you know, like what does that look like for a Look, the games will still be brilliant. People will still perform well. It'll be what it'll be. But for the individual themselves, they'll have their their um their trials and tribulations they're going to have to face between now and then. And how they deal with that is they're going to have to lean on their coach, so lean you, on the federation, lean on their trust to get it to get through it.
0: You you're not on Athletics Australia board anymore. Did you say you're consulting now? No. So yeah. how how did you go? I mean, obviously, walking onto that board um, a few mm. years ago was that to get the Nitro Athletics up and running? Because that was they were trying to, I guess, um, appeal to a younger crowd then, weren't they? Is that yeah. is that why they got you in? Because you obviously had a, a, a big following amongst, I guess, younger athletes yeah. and the youth. Yeah. I give credit
2: to our president, man, Mark Habib. He was an old Labor sports minister um, under Kevin Rudd. And um, he – him and I had dinner one night in Melbourne and, um, and we just hit it off. And he sort of liked my ideals and liked – what I stood for and he – he I was obviously close to Alan Jones and he knew Alan and I guess Alan told him, there's any guy you need on the board, it's John. And I said, Alan, well, I don't want to be on the I hate them motherfuckers, so I don't <laughs> want to be on the board. And he was like, um, just year this guy out, see what he has to say. So I caught up with Mark. We had dinner and I liked him. He was a good dude and, and a testament to him. He's been a stand-up. He's been the best thing for athletics, man. Like the guy – has done so much for the sport to try and get it to at least commercialize itself. It put so much effort towards Nitro Athletics. Nitro Athletics is a whole other story, and we were selling that to the RFF, and, I, and I, that's just a whole other podcast, and now that went down. But that <laughs> should have been a platform across the world because it, it proved itself as a pilot in Australia with the reach that it got. And, um, and yeah, I mean, walking on that board was purely um, to give the board a bit of difference, Mark was quite keen on that, and right there we made it. he made a decision: okay, let's disrupt the sport, and Nitro was was the model, was the was the was the vehicle to do that.
0: I think without discus and shot put, probably that was the thing that <laughs> struggled. I think everyone loves discus and shot put, John. And uh, if you'd have put those on there, <laughs> and a hammer throw, and a hammer throw, hammer throw. Yeah. Debbie
1: Sosomenko? yeah,
0: yeah
1: man. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Johnny, you know what we were talking about we were just talking about your training, and just you're you're mm. so articulate, and you're Athletics IQ is a lot higher than anybody I've ever spoken to. I mean,
3: mm,
2: we, have you ever
1: you. thought about like just maybe in any sport, cricket, I know cricket, you need to be mm. fast over 25, 30 meters, uh, soccer, mm. AR, uh, NRL, AFL. Have you been approached by any of these any oh, of these can, like be, really? you know I clubs? You I mean, I know you people. could, but I'm just saying, like, if if like, like even like the NRL, I mean, like, we know our boy Roger Fabry, he's a great friend of mine. He 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 trains a lot of athletes. There's a lot of uh, NRL <laughs> players. I mean, but I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, I talk about cricket, AFL, all these other sports. Man, like, who's coaching these people? Like, I mean, Rod, I mean, Roger's not coaching <laughs> everyone, is he? <laughs> who's coaching these yeah, people? The people is, need brother. to be quick, I, uh, but people need to I be take, quick. You know how you know how important it is. Yeah,
2: I look. I take my hat off to Roger, man. He, he he's he's doing his thing, brother. But um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I mean, that. Would that, you be interested?
1: Know. Like, would you be interested <laughs> no, in, to I mean, just look, say, just I mean, say, Mel- we're You're we're based, based in Melbourne right now. Essendon come to you, Melbourne Storm Melbourne, come to you and go. Yeah, we need Sydney, to get man. these fuckers. Yes. We need to get fast. <laughs> Willie's yeah, looking man. for a job
0: for you, mate. No,
1: nah, 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 this guy's nah, nah, too nah, nah, smart to be sitting just doing nothing on Nacho fucking athletics. Don't worry about that.
2: No, man, it's funny, brother, because as you know, I mean, we talk a little bit about these things. Uh, when we're chilling, but I am um, a lot of athletes hit me up and we talk one-on-one about these things. And I just was, I was, I was really just, for me, it was just more just helping out to see people become, become great. But um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I should be doing a lot more of it. Uh, and and um, I'm given a lot of time and, and thought right now on, on sort of um, how we can help fellow australians and and um and other athletes in different sports become the best they can i mean these one percenters as you heard in my training day is yeah. all the one percenters which got me to where i got to yeah and um i've been really blessed to be able to help out a gang of people um and moving forward is definitely something that's in the forefront of my mind because i really enjoy it it comes so yeah. easily to me man mm. you know like it's not something that's difficult and i don't have to placate my knowledge it's just if they have an issue of there's not much when it comes to sprinting i haven't try to work out because I wasn't a very talented kid. I had a bloody good work ethic, you know what I'm saying? So I really had to get the most out of myself where I think the talented ones find it really hard to explain how to be great because it comes really natural to them, if that sort of makes sense. And it's, it's something which which look, man, in the future, it's definitely something I'd probably do on, on, a, on a top end. So people that are dead serious, I think it's really hard working people that yeah. are sort of... I, just, sort I, think
1: of there's, I think there's some sort of niche market, I reckon, just in, in any sport in Australia, especially especially the NRL and, yeah. and, and even soccer. And like when they get some sort of specialist in, I know when we're at the Bulldogs, we had this crazy <laughs> Russian dude in there, man. He had... About yeah, I remember. That
2: was my ex-coach, he's man. He's your fucking extra, yeah. crazy
1: Russian dude, man, about 2003, 2004, yeah. 2005. Yeah,
2: yeah, we had yeah, dudes. Like, I funny. was
1: running sub-five over 40. So was Sonny no, Bill, so was you know, Roy. You know,
2: fair play to him, Willie. He was actually not too bad. Like He, he was like, all right, man. He, he and, and that's something which you and I always spoke about. I think the training that 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 these NRL Players, I no disrespect to them. I mean, a lot of codes man, and, I, and it's not I'm just saying it's based on what I see. It's based on what the athletes tell me from these clubs. I won't disclose who, but it's it's laughable like how they try and get quick. Like yes. I, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like I just think like if I was a club. I mean, not that I'm Nostradamus in sprinting, but I, I would le- like legitimately go about it the other way by keeping them one injury safe, getting more games out of them, because you can't be doing these extra workouts and jeopardizing what they're there to do is play football, yeah? Like, you can't yeah. do that. And there's a way of staying safe in sprinting, but still getting the maximum velocity out of yourself or what is needed for that specific sport. And I just don't think that. I think people think this linear top-end speed is what is needed. So That's different. absolutely BS. So different. Like it's so BS, man. Like, and I and the thing is, I, I, my chosen sport being South African was rugby. We grew up a rugby family. We loved rugby. I would I fucking bend
1: you straight in half,
2: brother. I would run around you. You would so not much, catch him. You would be, funny, would be, brother, be nowhere like, near Like him. dead set, brother. And then when I did it. I'd still respect Genki. Like, you see the Blind Side? You see how that guy, that big dude, got up and tried to lift him up off the ground.
3: Yeah, That's
1: I'll do that to you. too, brother. Big <laughs> but I still think there's a market out there for just a niche thing where they need someone who's one of our best athletes who knows what they're talking. There's a difference between being a great athlete. So I know some of the great footballers, man. They can't put that. They're just naturally gifted athletes, yep. as you said before. But they don't know all about like they don't know how to put this onto the field. Do you know what I mean? All they do is I like get the ball, get the ball to me, and I'll do whatever I can do. You can't coach that sort of shit, but you know how to coach. You know exactly what to do, and I know I've done the sessions with you, and it wasn't just about lineal speed. It was about moving quick sidewards, forwards, all these sort of – you know. we run really quick up, back, sidewards, 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 and we need to be efficient and we need to be fast, and that's what most of these guys – I mean, you could coach the backs really easy, but the forwards need more work as well because the game's getting quicker.
2: But, Willie, I think, I think it's that fitness under speed. I was speaking speaking to Campbell Brown next uh, AFL football on the weekend. Yeah. We were talking about this, specifically about this. And it's it's, it's also about you need longevity in your career.
3: Yeah,
1: mate. you're and smart.
2: It's about how do you stay safe and train at your maximum for longer periods of time and actually understand – speed is a different energy system to endurance Mm. so the minute you're doing maximum efforts on the field you're going to be cooked man so how do I take a forward from getting 25 minutes half an hour of play time to getting him 90 minutes game after game after game and keeping him injury safe that's the biggest thing brother Yeah, like that's 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 I think it is. Well, and you correct me. Hundred percent, you're I would, right. I would like to think if you, I had Willie Mason, I want him ninety minutes, brother, on, on the on the damn field, and I want him for for twenty two rounds or whatever. How I many rounds you guys playing in and out? That's that's me. That's what I want. Mm. Tonight, I mean, if I was a coach or if I was an owner of a team, that's what I would want because I'm paying yeah. Willie a million plus dollars a year. I'm going to get my million bucks out of him on jersey sales, attendances, signages, the whole the whole lot, brother. know, yeah. <laughs> So they so don't think they don't think
1: of it like that, Johnny. It's not America, man. That's why you you. You got Americanized <laughs> when you went over there because you knew how great they are in sports and how they, how good they do it. Then you come over mm-hmm. here with that attitude and they just try and shut you down. It's fucked. I mean, we're, we're twenty years we're twenty years behind any sport in the, in in America. You it's know nice.
2: that. You got to understand, Willie. Sorry to cut you off, but you got to understand the collegiate system in America is would outdo our professional
1: easily. Yeah, like
2: it's a, it's it's bonkers. Like yeah. like these kids when they leave high school, their high school system is probably where our some of our God damn
1: NRL like, easily. Yeah, like it's kind of
2: they high. Some of the high schools like that. These kids from high school going to the collegiate system. By the time they make a professional sport, they're so well groomed that everything. Like it's just, it's just like again a pathway of excellence in sport. If that makes yeah. sort of, yeah. sense. you know, like, yeah. and it's and it's like if we can't create that through our high school and collegiate system here, we should at least be able to create that once you make a professional club. Your family, these parents, the the government. Clubs, sponsors, put in money to and hand these kids over to clubs, wanting the best for them, and federations wanting the best for them to know that they're in good hands. I think there's a duty of care that that should happen when you make these clubs yeah. or you make these federated sports.
1: Anyway,
0: Lan one, one last question. I've got well. I've got one last question, actually, because if oh, he's I, Burnsy, man, yeah. it's
1: like man, we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just mate, ignored Burnsy the whole time.
0: No, that's all right. I was <laughs> I was learning all about what it takes to be a professional athlete, which is something I know absolutely nothing about. So it's good. What I would get in big trouble for not asking John is that my ten-year-old boy Finn is obsessed with Australian Ninja Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> mate, you were on there. Tell me, was Bro. that how hard is it? Because I feel like <laughs> I would be able to handle it pretty easily, to be honest. I'm <laughs> going
2: I'm I'm to give it to you uncut, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, 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 like, so I was, I was doing – I was with Channel 9. We used to do Tour and Under around that time of the year. There was no shows and an opportunity to do Ninja Warrior came up and I said, look, no worries, I'll do it. I wish I had my ego in check. I couldn't get my head around doing it and I didn't want to do it. But mm-hmm. I wanted to do it because I had to do a show in between that period. I wasn't doing anything on TV for the yeah. whole year. And I was just – I just wish I trained And because it's actually brilliant. It's a freaking good challenge. But I was – I couldn't check myself and I was too up my own ass to, to just – have fun with it and train hard and see how, how I could go, if that makes so, Yeah, sense. yeah I'm disappointed yeah, yeah. in myself because I was like, man, how do I go from Olympics to damn Ninja Warrior?
3: <laughs>
2: like, serious, bro. I couldn't get my head around it. You know, I was just like, I can't go in there and train for this and then just make a fool of myself. But it was bloody hard, bro. I remember it looking at myself hard. on TV going, I look like a fat dad, man. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. like, it just <laughs> – I looked weird. And I remember after that show, I lost six kilos. I just embarrassed myself. And then I was just like – it just was – it just it, – it's, it's not easy, man. I, I tell you right now, bruv. I remember walking into the green room and it was like – I was like 50 ninjas, man, walking around filing their hands and doing cartwheels and shit. And I turned around and told the producer, I'm out of here. I said, fuck <laughs> this. I said, like, these cats – <laughs> these cats want that smoke, man. So I was like, I need to get out of here. Do you so know – the
0: f- I- the I funny thing leave. is, you're like I'm watching that, and you're like one of Australia's greatest athletes, <laughs> and a bloke with a and a bloke with a golf hat won it, won it. And I was like, "What is going on? Uh, what just happened?"
2: Big man, it's 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 like you got like, it. You got to like a lot of it, man. They don't like you, you can't practice it, so you just got to go in and have man. Like you legitimately got to have like them cat like reflexes, man, and ninja skills. Like they they take it to, like so funny, man. My boy from America calls me up. And he's like, Yo, yo, you just seen you on a ninja warrior. You're about to kill it, bruv. You're about to blow up in Australia. I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, You're gonna blow up in Australia, man. That's huge, man. I'm like, What are you talking? I was like, nah, it's not like that. Yeah, you're, you're American. You're,
1: <laughs> fucking massive there.
2: It's huge. Like they look at you as an influencer. And- <laughs> oh, and, embarrassing, bro. Embarrassing. I'm dead set serious, man. I was like, bruv, it's not like that out here, man. But it was an awesome experience. Like I I like it's 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 not corny. Those athletes that get on there, those guys have So skills. strong, they, yeah. they do have skills, man. They're strong. They've got skills, um, and I, and I took the piss out of it, but they, they legitimately deserve their props, man, because. Yeah, man. The
1: shit they do is, ah, will he? I'm not even Ah, even joking. I'm not even going to ruin your story because I I know exactly what you're going through. Because they asked me to go on that shit and I just brushed it straight away. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking embarrass myself. I'm fucking 37 years old. I'm retired. I'm 125 kilos. I'm six foot fucking five. I'm not built for that monkey bar shit, man. I'll slip straight off. I knew my capabilities, bro. I knew it. I wish you'd go on that. I fucking didn't tell anyone. They go, we'll pay you this I'm not about money, man. I'm about, hey, I know Ninja Warrior. Do I look like a ninja? Tonga Ninja. That's about it.
0: Tonga Ninja. You went and cooked risotto (laughs) instead. Anyway, I've
1: got one more story for you. One more question for you, Johnny. Um, A lot of, I mean- Hear a lot of stories, all that sort of shit. Anyway, I'll get straight to Olympic Village. Is it as crazy as I fucking think it's going to be, or whatever <laughs> I hear? Because I think our listeners want to know. Hey, we've got an Olympic athlete here.
0: What uh, the fuck happens, Dave?
1: Hey, just give us the the whatever version the uncut you want. Actually, I can't give me the censored oh, version or uncut? Censored, Who gives censored. It? just no, tell director's me directors edit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> director. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right. So, big man. Athens Olympics, I got there looking for things, bro. I was I was lurking hard, man, everywhere. Your boy was on, the, your boy was, your boy was cutting, cutting mad shapes, man. I was out there just, just in the mix, nothing. And but I was like, I was like, maybe it's me, you know? Boom, Beijing, cut mad shapes, <laughs> hitting the streets, nothing. I was like, fuck this Olympics. I was like, big man, I can't. London Olympics. Yeah, it was nice, man. Like, like <laughs> London was a bit London was a bit different, but like But, but
1: you did, did two start- before that you nothing. Are you telling well, me honestly you Olympics, walked around Athens Olympics, with Olympics, a silver, silver
0: medal? Oh,
2: Burnsy, God damn I damn lie to you, man. I was hitting the streets like a savage and I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> man, I couldn't win nowhere I went. Every turn I made was a wrong turn. Oh
3: to Holy London. Shit. London
2: London was nice. London was nice, real nice. But the thing is, what happened is, guys, Sydney Olympics is everyone says the most epic Olympics. If you speak to any athlete that competed there, would tell you. Let alone the spectators would tell you that mm. Sydney Olympics was the best Olympics. S- Australians, we know how to throw a party and have a good time. I have heard from everybody that was in Sydney Olympics, it was wild. That was a fact. Yeah. Everybody had a great time. Everybody, and and everybody I spoke to was was out there living their best life. Those stories. I'm pretty sure true, but I'm telling you, Athens, Nothing. Beijing, not if, if anyone else was winning out there and was trying harder than me, please hit me up because <laughs> I wanna, I wanna know what you did different because I kind of feel like I got a better game and and maybe this didn't work, but but London was a lot a lot different, so I'm thinking maybe it's like depends on the city yeah. of where you're at. Yeah. Like London's a cool party town. Maybe people are yeah. feeling it was a great Olympics. Sydney was a great Olympics, and it hit. But um, but if you want to know, people want to know other villages like heaps of beautiful, fit athletes walking around, really focused. And as you know, Willie, when 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 you've done your job yeah. and you've culminated, you you want nothing but to do everything a polar opposite of what you were doing to get there. Yeah. And that means most of the time, that means to
1: party. That means I just Guess go to bed at 8.30 and uh, yeah. drink a lot of water and, you know, just do the right thing, you know, drink a lot of powerades. Yeah, no. and shit. No. But it's fun. Hey, it's, yeah. it's
2: mad fun, man. Like there's mad there's mad dining hall, McDonald's in the yeah. dining hall. You can eat McDonald's 24-7. There's like games parlours, bars. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. funny. It, it, it's wild, man. It's a good time, real good time, brother. So Damn. Yeah, man.
1: All oh, right, man, ahead. man. I really appreciate your time, Johnny. You're one of the best blokes, brother. Appreciate no, it, man. Always, my
2: man, love it to meet you. Thank you, Burnsy. bro. So Thanks, you keep mate. Keep doing what you're doing, bro, because people need to hear the truth. And like I said, man, I, I think um, you know you. I know you were telling me, but you need to take some of your own advice. What you have to offer the sport of rugby, um, what do you have to, have to offer the Australian sporting community with what you've gone through, what you know both on and off the field? Um, I think it's really, really interesting, and I commend you, Bernsey, for you guys working together to make sure you create and, c- and keep developing this medium, this podcast that you have to continue that that focus in making that change. And if you don't start with this, it's going to be the same old BS and humdrum that is yeah. out there. And I think I commend you what you're doing, my brother. I'm proud of you. Right. And it was absolutely nothing for me to get on this podcast and do this, brother. So keep doing
1: your damn thing, Willie Mason. Appreciate Thanks, it, brother. It? Could, Good keep keep it honest, brother.
3: Oh, I'm doing man, my best, you, bro.
1: bro. All right. yes you, sir. Cheers, you, bud. Thanks, bro.
0: Following Willie more and more back in the NRL as Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got skill, son!
1: Uppercut right hand by (laughs) Big Willie. Two fancy for that. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.